Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Peak Northwest, an outdoors and travel podcast by the Oregonian and Oregon Live, dedicated to the adventure and exploration of our beautiful Pacific Northwest. I'm Jamie Hale. And I'm Vicki Connor. Together, we take you to some of the most beautiful and interesting destinations in our region, discussing where to go, what to do, and places to see. And today we have another installment of my epic adventure series with the story of a particularly epic Northwest road trip. Vicky, I am super excited to get into this one. You know, when I I came back to the Pacific Northwest 11 years ago and I started looking at like, what are some of the big road trips I could do in this region? I remember looking at the map and thinking like, okay, is it, is it? crazy. Is it too crazy to drive from Portland to Alaska? And I looked at the map and looked at the route and did a little research. And I, I came to the conclusion that for me, way too much. That's just, just too, too insane to do. But that is a thing that some people do. And um, on the show today, we, we have someone who did it, who went out there and did this epic road trip from Portland to Alaska. Today on the show, we have Oregonian photographer Dave Killen to tell us all about his epic Alaska road trip. Dave, thank you so much for coming on today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. So Dave, I'm curious, what was the starting point with this trip when coming up with this trip? What inspired it? Um, I think what was sort of the actual impetus for this trip uh, was about four or five years ago, um, my then girlfriend, now wife, and I um, bought a extremely dilapidated 1977 Volkswagen bus with a pop top roof. Um, and that then spent the next few years fixing it up and taking it on ambitious but much smaller trips. Um, we drove it at one point to Missoula, Montana for a Jason Isbell concert. Um, uh, maybe a year after that, we drove it down to Northern California for a little vacation and had been sort of continually improving it and with all, all with the idea that someday we would um, take it on a really big trip. Um, the sort of background of that was that Lauren, my wife, grew up with her family had a, a pop top Volkswagen and they at one point took it on this epic trip that they all refer to as the big trip, which um, involved driving all over the United States. Um, Lauren was young enough at the time that I don't think she remembers it super well. 
Um, so the initial idea behind getting the bus was that it kind of combined our interests because I, as a hobby, like to fix up old German cars and she likes camping and, um, and had, uh, you know, a strong attachment to this particular type of, um, vehicle and trip. So it was kind of a thing we could do together that we both enjoyed. Um, and I had eventually, you know, gotten it to the point where it was both mechanically, um good and reliable um and i had also painted it it's it originally was a really outrageous um sort of hippie bus paint scheme that did not it was not something that either of us could you know pull off so it was important to <laughs> to get it a little more um our speed and uh yeah so we we had been hoping to do something like this um uh, Lauren is a planner professionally, so she spent a lot of time, you know, really probably starting close to a year before we actually went on the trip, really meticulously planning everything out. And then sort of my role was to sort of do the same, but with the bus itself to make as sure as we could that we weren't going to get stranded somewhere. Um, so that was kind of the beginning. And then, um, and then eventually it was time to actually hit the road. Yeah, well, Dave, just like doing a really cursory look at Google Maps for driving directions from Portland to Alaska, it it shows it's like, you know, 33 hours to 37 hours, depending on like which way you go. Um, That seems like a lot, actually, a a lot of driving. But how long did you give yourself to do this trip? Well, it is a lot of driving, um, particularly when only one of the two people doing it can drive stick shift. So <laughs> I did literally all the driving, uh, which was fine. Um, you know, actually thinking of it in those terms, it's hard to believe that theoretically we could have done it, you know, in less than two days if somehow we'd driven nonstop. But it didn't, it didn't actually, we, we took three weeks to do this. So it never really felt, the driving part of it never really felt particularly overwhelming. Um, there were a couple of days where, uh, Lauren had it sort of planned that when things were, you know, kind of like, we're just trying to get to the next location or we're in an area that's not particularly scenic, we'll do, you know, a long driving day, but a long driving day was like eight hours of driving. And I've driven across the country four times, you know, I've, I've, I've driven a lot. I drive a lot for work, you know, eight hours is, is not, not a huge deal. So it never really felt, um, you know, overwhelming to me. And so as you're, you're driving through, largely Canada, um, like the length of, of British Columbia and Alberta, what, where are you stopping? Are you staying at hotels? Are you finding little campgrounds? What was your, your plan there? Um, primarily stayed in campgrounds and, and, you know, slept in the bus. Uh, it is, you know, it's a fairly small vehicle by modern standards, but it can easily sleep two people. And in our case, uh, two dogs, two medium sized dogs. Um, so that was mostly what we did. Uh, we did stay, couple of nights in uh let's see uh an airbnb in whitehorse in the yukon that was our first non-camping stop um and then we spent a couple of nights in a yurt in uh, alaska um, which was you know rented out through airbnb or something similar um and oh and we also stayed uh in a couple nights in an a-frame on the cassier highway which is how we got back down um which would have been in i'm totally blanking on like where that would be, it was obviously in Canada, but I can't remember <laughs> if it was in the Yukon or if it was in Alberta. 
or British Columbia. But um, other than that, we stayed in campgrounds in the bus. And so as you're making this drive, Dave, and you're heading up north, how is the scenery changing throughout the days? There was a, a wide variety. And, you know, I think you I tend to think like the further north you go, you know, the colder and the more um, mountainous and, and tree filled it gets, which wasn't really the case. It was for a while when we were in, in the Rockies uh, or the Canadian Rockies, I guess, near Banff. Um, uh, but once we got above there, it, you know, it flattens out, um, looks pretty similar to a lot of places in, you know, the, in the Pacific Northwest in the U.S. Um, there were, there were, you know, days that, that Lauren had sort of read about being like less scenic or less interesting. And those were some of the days where we planned longer drives, but you know, it's hard for anything to compare to a, to an area like Banff, which I'd never been to before and was really spectacular. So yes, it's a bit of a letdown once you get up into sort of the prairie area um, above that in, in um, Alberta or, or eventually the Yukon, but it's still very pleasant to drive through. I, I never felt, you know, frankly, probably the least pleasant part of the drive was the first day uh, heading from Portland uh, up through mostly through eastern Washington. You know, our, our first night was at a campground at the very, very tip top of Idaho, which which is a pretty, a very pretty area. Um, but, you know, driving through eastern Washington is not terribly interesting. Um, so after that, it was all, it was kind of all gravy in one, one way or another. Well, tell us more about Banff. That's like, you know, it has such a, um such hype around it. And, and I've not been there either, but my understanding is that it's just a phenomenally beautiful place. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty incredible. Um, I've, I grew up in the Northwest. Um, I've, you know, lived all over the country, but I probably spent most of my time in the, in the Portland area. Um, and not to disparage any of the scenery in Oregon, but it really is, is nothing compared to that. You know, the drive from, from Banff to, um, Jasper in particular is, uh, really amazing. And we had kind of an interesting experience, which, you know, unfortunately the fact of life these days is this was in, um, September. Uh, so wildfires were going everywhere and we had spent a couple nights, uh, at a campground near Lake Louise, which is at sort of the Southern end of Banff. Um, and when we headed North and there's a name, still don't, I'm unable to find the name of this highway uh i mean it's officially it's like number 93 but there's a a a phrase for for it um and it is really like nothing it's hard to describe like it's 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 it's, you know it's like you had a a series of mount hoods all next to each other um and you're sort of winding your way between them um so i knew i'd seen pictures i knew it was going to be spectacular but it still was more you know it was kind of mind-blowing um really incredible scenery and the other things are as i mentioned there were, there had been wildfires so as we started off on that drive we, we were both a little bummed because it didn't seem like we we're actually be able to see much of it um everything was just blanketed in smoke which sadly we're all too familiar with now but um sort of midway through the drive uh, on the way up towards jasper that morning it all just kind of cleared away um and became a really clear pretty day uh basically just in time for us to see all this great scenery all these mountains glaciers lakes it was really it you know it was really amazing and you know this was a three-week long trip but one thing i learned was that you could you could get to Banff in this area i'm talking about you know in two days 
from Portland. You could you could you could really make a long weekend out of this if you wanted to, um, and it is spectacular. I'm curious, Dave. This is a lot of driving with two dogs in this van. Had they been on a trip <laughs> that was this long before? Were you wary about this? How, how did they do? <laughs> Well, I, I can't say for sure what they experienced before because they're both dogs that we got through rescues, um, but they were both young. So I feel fairly confident that neither of them had been on a trip like this. Um, they seemed to have a great time. Um, they really, you know, they're one of our, 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 at the time, our older dog was three and a half and the younger one was a little under two. Um, so he was still a puppy. Um, the older one, Monty is, they're both, they're both border collie mix. Well, Monty's a mix. Tristan, as far as I can tell is, is a pure border collie, but, um, so, you know, high energy dogs, but Monty is actually pretty mellow. He loves being in a car. He loves being with people. Um, so he was, you know, he's always just happy to be wherever he is. So he was having a blast. Um, Tristan, uh, I think was also having a great time, but was a little more amped up. Um, we, we learned that he, he either really, really loves or really, really hates caribou because whenever we would see caribou, he would <laughs> just lose his mind and spin in little circles on the, <laughs> the bed portion of the bus and bark. And, um, it was it was it was it was fun to see him so excited, even though sometimes the barking got to be a bit much. But uh, overall, they were I mean, I can't think of any problems. Um, we were a little apprehensive. Uh, the two things that I think we were both a little apprehensive about. Um, were the reliability of the bus um, and what, you know, if we would run into any trouble with the dogs, not so much that they would, you know, I've had enough experience with both of them to, to know that they would probably enjoy the trip. Um, but, you know, something, if they had some sort of injury or, you know, if we, if we did break down and we had to get towed, you know, would they be able to ride in the tow truck? Things like that were a source of worry. But in the end, um, they were perfectly fine. And I think they had an absolutely great time. Um, I think a lot about, you know, I'd love to know if they, if they reminisce about it. I don't know if dogs reminisce, but it, I, I'd like to think that they, you know, they had a, a good enough and, and profound enough experience that they sometimes sit around in their quieter moments and think, man, that was really cool. <laughs> so, you know, I, I will never know, unfortunately, but, um, but they did great. Um, so it was a great way to travel with hmm. with them, which is, of course, you know, not possible if we fly somewhere. I'm sure Tristan dreams of those caribou at some point. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think, you know, his view of them apparently is just as very large squirrels, which he also either really, really loves or really, really hates. <laughs> well, Dave, I'm sure that you also reminisce about this trip. Um, it, it sounds like just a, a such a uh, an incredible scenic journey. Um, you know, as you're driving through these long stretches of road, I mean, I know you talked about Banff being beautiful. Was there anything on this sort of like, you know, what you said is sort of the less spectacular part of driving through Alberta and through British Columbia, through Yukon, were there any sites in particular or any memories that you, you hold from, from those long stretches of driving? It's hard to, really well it's hard for a couple of reasons first of all it was really all pretty amazing you know and i, I actually like driving so i wasn't really um either, i can't remember a time where i was like oh god get it over with um so and it is again like I said, it's not terribly different than a lot of the scenery i've seen in the past in in some areas but it was never boring um so it's hard to kind of single out a particular 
uh, stretch or spot as something that was, you know, particularly more other, other than the Banff to Jasper area that was in, in one way or another, like really stand out because it all kind of blurs together in my mind. But I do remember stopping at, we spent a night at, I think I'm getting this right, at Muncho Lake, uh, which is in Northern British Columbia. Yeah. Um, that was really pretty. We we actually ended up this, we, we did, despite uh, Lauren having planned this out incredibly well, you know, you, you do run into things. The wildfires made some uh, changes necessary in terms of uh, the route we took um, and just other things that we kind of improvised a little. And we ended up staying at a, uh, actually, it was a sort of a resort slash RV park that we stayed at one night. And I believe that was Muncho Lake. Um, and that was really beautiful. And and uh, I, I remember that because you're right, we, we stayed right on the lake. I remember it got very cold that night. It actually below freezing um, which was you know the dogs were great for that there was not a lot of room in the bus to sleep so they just slept in the bed with us and it was very uh cozy which was nice um but i i, I remember that fondly um i remember i really liked you know you kind of fantasize about like oh man maybe we could move to you know the yukon or something that'd be cool and like i, I liked uh whitehorse um and then scenery wise, when we were on our way back down, when we did dip into Alaska for a little bit, um, when we came out of a town called Skagway and crossed back into Canada, you, you, you really, you kind of, Skagway is a port, um, but you, and we actually took a ferry there from, from Haines, uh, and which it was just sort of the route, the way we, we did it. But um, you, you start climbing immediately when you're driving out. And then by the time you cross into the Canadian border, you're way up high, um, sort, sort of this you know, I don't know if it would count as a high desert when it's that high, but it was, it felt like sort of a mountainous high desert to me. And there were all these alpine lakes and it was, it was quite cold and there was still some snow and it, it was just, I like that kind of weather and temperature and, and scenery. And it was very, that drive, uh, I remember thinking rivaled the Banff to Jasper drive, which I did not expect to have anything else come close to. Dave, did you experience any cool like wildlife sightings at all on this trip? Yes, uh, mostly, um, mostly you know caribou. Um, yeah. We, I was really hoping to see or hear a wolf at some point, and I don't think we heard them. We might have, but they were probably dogs, <laughs> and we definitely <laughs> didn't see one. Um, <laughs> we did see some bears in um, in, I guess that was Haines, Alaska. Uh, there's Yes, that's where it was because that's where we took the ferry from there to um, to Skagway. But it's it was it kind of felt like cheating because there were it was a really well known that there were you know grizzly bears would come feed on the salmon in this, this one uh, spot, and so we did see some there. And kind of amazingly, we saw a guy fishing just in the middle. He was fly fishing like in the middle of this river with all these grizzly bears around him. So that seems. <laughs> I mean, he clearly knew what he was doing, but it was kind of like all right. Uh, but you know there and then there were just a ton of people um like wildlife photographers kind of uh, all over the place so it was a little it felt a little you know not staged but it was just it wasn't quite as cool as it might have been otherwise although also probably better to run into grizzly bears in a situation like that uh than just randomly on a hike which was something of course that we you know worried about a lot um and we had Bear, we had bells to attach to the dogs and we had bear spray, which we never needed. But um, it was funny when uh, I, I have a lot of experience with bear spray from covering protests over the years. 
So I, I've been sprayed with bear spray many times and I was just like, is this really, you know, it didn't stop me. <laughs> is it really going to, they're really going to stop a bear. But, uh, you know, I, I, I kept taking pictures, but, uh, so we, we did see bears. Um, I remember seeing at least one coyote. I I'm a big fan of all canines. So even though coyotes are super, super common, I remember seeing the coyote, um, and some goats of some kind, some mountain sheep, I remember, on one of our longer hikes, um, which with the dogs are both herding dogs. So I, they were both like, oh, boy. <laughs> <It's on. laughs> um, so we had to make sure that, you know, they there were areas where they could be off leash, but certainly not on hikes like that. So they uh, they didn't get too far ahead of themselves. Gosh, it sounds like such a, a rugged road trip. You're out there among the wildlife and the mountains. Um, I'm, I'm so curious, like how, how were the, the roads and like the amenities out there? Did you feel like you were just like out in the middle of nowhere or did you have some amenities to feel like, okay, I, if something bad happens, I'll be okay. Yeah, you are, you are kind of on your own a lot when you read, you know, we, we read a lot of, Lauren read a lot, especially we followed a couple of like Facebook groups of like people who travel the Alaska highway or the Cassiar highway, which is how we came back down. Um, so there are times where, yeah, you, you really, you, you need to plan around gas basically. Um, although it wasn't, there was really never a time that, um, we were in dire shape as far as running out of gas goes. And we had a, um, you know, a five gallon jerry can that we kept up on top of the bus, um, just in case, but we never needed it. Um, and as far as, you know, breakdowns go, this is a, a bus that's the same age as me, which is clearly quite old <laughs> and, uh, that I had done, you know, almost the entire, uh, every bit of work that could be done to it really over the last four or five years. Um, it has a, a Subaru engine in it, which is a thing that people have done a lot in the last decade or so, um, with buses, Volkswagen buses and Volkswagen Vanagons. Um, it's easier on a van again because they were air cooled, or I'm sorry, they were water cooled to begin with, whereas the, the buses are air cooled. So you have to sort of, you know, create your own cooling system. And I've gone through several different iterations of that over the years, you know, figuring out what worked the best. So I was pretty confident and I had a, a carefully selected subset of my tools with me. Um, so, you know, I was, I was sure we'd break down at least once. Uh, I just, I just figured we would, um, but I was fairly confident that if it wasn't, you know, something catastrophic that I would be able to fix it. Um, and we, you know, as it turned out, the only time I got my tools out was when we helped someone else repair their car. <laughs> so, uh, it all, we actually, when we left the house in Portland, we got about three blocks from the house and I had a blinker go out. Um, <laughs> and I thought that was not a great sign. Uh, but as it turned out, that was the one and only mechanical failure we had on the entire trip. So, you know, hey, take a 45-year-old Volkswagen on a 4,600-mile <laughs> trip and uh, you'll probably be fine. Wow, that's incredible. Well, Dave, I, I'm, you know, for obviously, I'm sure there's folks who listening who are hearing this and just going like, maybe I can do this. Um, I know I'm listening to you and I'm thinking, you know, not in my car I have now, but maybe, I mean, who knows? Uh, maybe this is a, a trip, a trip that's more doable than I thought before. Um, what advice do you have for folks who might be interested in tackling this road trip themselves? Well, I think 
planning is key. Um, and again, uh, Lauren did all the planning um, and I did all the bus work. So that was how we split things up. Um, if I, I think had I been left to my own devices on this, I probably would have done, it would have maybe been a disaster because I am not a great planner. Um, and that having, having everything mapped out so well really helped when things, when we, when we had to improvise, um, which, you know, you're going to have to do, but it made it having sort of a structure and a timeline to keep to. And also again, Lauren had planned it in such a way that no one day had a really extreme amount of driving. Um, that was a huge help. Uh, so I would definitely recommend that plan, plan, plan. Um, you know, no, you, you would, a lot depends on the vehicle. Um, a lot of people, you know, the bus doesn't get great gas mileage, even with the Subaru engine. I think it, it probably optimistically on the highway gets about 25 miles to the gallon and has a pretty small gas tank. Um, we still had no trouble, but if you were driving a, a, a big truck, which a lot of people do, um, in, you know, that area, it, it gets say maybe 10 to 15 miles to the gallon. And maybe, I don't know what the availability of diesel was, but I suspect sometimes it wasn't available when gas was. So that could be an issue. Um, doing it at a different time of year could also make things more difficult. I think obviously once you get into the winter, it's going to be a whole nother ball game. So, mm -hmm. um, that would probably be something to take into account. I feel like the time of year we went was sort of ideal was still, you know, once I was shocked, well, I shouldn't be shocked. I was annoyed that when we finally got back, you know, in early October, it was hot, which I hate the heat. So I was like, this is great. We're going to be up North for September. It'll be nice and cool. And then by the time we get back home, it'll be cool again. But of course there are no good months left in Oregon. <laughs> so, <laughs> except maybe November at this point. So uh, we got back and it was hot and I was annoyed by that. But, um, but the, oh, the most, most of the trip, the temperatures were really, I think kind of ideal. Um, not just for personal comfort, but for like a car's cooling system or uh, for, yeah, if you did break down, like, are you going to freeze to death, you know, that night, you know, probably not in September. So, um, and then, yeah, in terms of car, people, people worry a lot about ground clearance because some of the roads, you know, the roads, it's a, it's a rough uh, place to be a road. And you get these the frost heaves, which is when, um, you know, in the freezing weather, the water freezes beneath the asphalt and can like push it up. We, I, I felt like most of the roads were great, especially considering, but I, I do know from reading about it that sometimes they can be a lot worse. So like, you wouldn't want to take like, you know, a Ferrari on this trip, <laughs> but, <laughs> but you also probably don't need a, you know, like a giant lifted truck. Uh, and in fact, since those are not going to get a great gas mileage, that's probably a, to your detriment, but, um, you know, I, I, I think, you know, in, in reasonably good condition, most vehicles could do it. Um, but it, a lot of that would depend on the time of year and how much you're trying to carry with it, how confident you are, you know, good tires, I think would be really key. Um, making sure your tires are in good shape. Um, because yeah, you know, the road is going to be harder on tires than it would be on, uh, than most roads like around Portland would be, I guess, depending <laughs> some potholes down here too, but, um, <laughs> Uh, yeah. And just, again, the, the planning was really key and knowing where we were probably going to be every night and, um, just keeping, it kept the stress really low. Um, yeah. Taking dogs was great. I thought <laughs> that's, I mean, my advice is always to have a dog, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but yeah. Dave, with this trip checked off, 
are you or maybe Lauren starting to plan a next big, big road trip in the van? Lauren is basically always planning the next big, big you know trip. Um, but we have not started planning another. We've talked about it, but this summer we're not doing a big bus trip. So probably next summer, I suspect we will alternate um, summers or falls in terms of how we approach this stuff. We don't have kids, so we are. It's pretty you know open for us, and. Uh, We've we've talked about doing maybe down to like Utah or the Southwest, like in New Mexico or you know that area. I can go, you know, explore all my favorite uh, Better Call Saul locations, <laughs> which Lauren would not enjoy. So we won't do that. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's you know, I'd, it's too bad you can't drive to Europe. <laughs> but uh, but maybe maybe someday we would ship it over and drive around. Um, I mean, that would be expensive. Uh, that remind, we did look into, you could, you can take a ferry uh, all the way from, I think it was, you know, Skagway or some, somewhere up there in Southeastern Alaska. We could have taken a, we could have basically like split it up as like driving all the way there. And then taking like a week long ferry trip down to Seattle, I think it was, which was, which essentially would be like going on an Alaskan cruise um, and would have been cool, but was it, incredibly expensive it was going to be like four thousand dollars uh and um the dogs would only have been allowed to leave the bus for 15 minutes a day (laughs) so that was an absolute no-go um but uh but yeah i mean in a world where we win the lottery or something maybe we would ship the bus over to europe and drive around europe in the bus's homeland at some point Amazing. Well, Dave, when you do take that next big bus adventure, you got to come back and tell us all about it. Um, super ex- excited to hear about it. And so glad you took this like really big, uh, amazing, you know, uh, trip that I- I'm sure the two of you are going to remember forever. Yeah, it was, you know, it was, it was spectacular. And yeah, I, I think we both think about it a lot. And um, I just wish that I had a better memory <laughs> but, uh, or, or that I could talk to the dogs about it. I could yeah. refresh my memory, but, um, but yeah, it was fantastic. So I'm glad it, I'm glad it worked out. There was a fair amount of pressure that I put on myself when I set out on these, uh, these car projects and it was a nice sort of a verification that I at least sort of know what I'm doing. Um, but yeah. I'm sure you have plenty of photos to, to jog your memory too. I do. I do. I should have brought a wider lens. Is what <laughs> <laughs> well, Dave, thank you so much for coming on and talking to us today. Well, thanks for having me, guys. Well, folks, until next time, you can watch our videos on the Oregonians YouTube channel and view all of our travel and outdoors coverage on OregonLive.com slash travel, as well as HereIsOregon.com. Please leave us a rating or review if you enjoy the show. And if you want to support this podcast as well as our local journalism, please consider a subscription to Oregon Live. You can find details at OregonLive.com slash pod support. Also, if you're a fan of the show and you're interested in potentially sponsoring it, you can get in touch with our marketing people at advertise at Oregonian.com. This episode of the show was produced by me, Vicki Connor, alongside Jamie Hale. Stay safe and happy travels, everyone. Until next time, we leave you with this 10 seconds of Zen.